This podcast is a production of WCWP, LIU Post Public Radio. Check out our lineup of original programs, listen live, or support by visiting WCWP.org. I am Patrick Avioli, and welcome to Rock Paper Pixels. We have a very special guest today, Long Island School Superintendent, TEDx speaker, along with other numerous events and engagements. Today, our speaker is Dr. Michael Hines. Dr. Hines, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Patrick. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's a it's an honor and pleasure to be here. Um, just a, I guess, brief background about myself. Um, recovering elementary teacher, probably the best job, or I, I can't even say job, uh, calling I've ever had, working with kids in first grade, third grade, fourth grade. I've been fortunate enough to be a principal at two different levels, elementary and middle school principal. And then for some godforsaken reason, they allowed me to be an assistant superintendent uh, for curriculum and instruction, which was a wonderful position to see things K through 12 from a much different perspective. And then finally, uh, superintendent in two different um, school districts, Shelter Island, which is about the size of my office, um, 250 kids K through 12, a real unique experience because you're not only the superintendent, but you're the bus driver. You work in a cafeteria, you do everything, and, and you get to see things from a holistic perspective as far as the people who work within the school and how much they mean to kids. And um, and then I've been fortunate enough to be in Patrick Medford for now almost four plus years. Um, it's a real it's a real pleasure. So here I am trying to look at a holistic way to um, educate kids. Now, I don't believe all children should have to go to college. I don't think they need to go to college in order for them to be successful. And our job over 13 years is to have kids figure out not only where their talents are, but to figure out how high their potential can be. And our job is to draw that out of them and to uh, hopefully um, kids know what they're passionate about. And if they can, uh, know why they're here as far as uh, their purpose. The word that you used a couple of times in the whole key to it is holistic. Yeah, uh, I think I want to get right away to your four R's and P's because uh, in listening to a lot of your a lot of your talks on obviously TEDx and others, the concept of P's today to me is so much more important than ever before. Yeah, because of a digital onslaught, they're challenging their self online now. They're being challenged. They're challenging who they are, and we can't run away from a digital life. We just have to learn how to use it the right way. I agree. Would you mind doing a little bit on the ideology of the four R's and also P's? Yeah, sure. I mean, the the, the three R's I think everyone's acquainted with. Uh, we've grown up thinking, reading, writing, and arithmetic and other, other things we need to learn in school. But for me, the one thing that's been stripped away clearly in my estimation, it's not even an estimation, it's a fact, the fourth R is recess and the importance of recess. I, I've said over and over again, it's on the endangered species list, soon to be extinct, it's only mandated in a handful of states, believe it or not, which is criminal. Pazi Salberg, the great Finnish, uh, I call him the philosopher, actually pointed out something that's really startling, that federal inmates have more time allocated toward uh, recess than uh, elementary-age children. They have over an hour of time to you know, have free-range movement. Um, outside of the scope of you know their daily life and uh, in schools we've limited to uh, 10 to 15 sometimes if they're lucky to 20 minutes 
So for me, recess is extremely, extremely important for a multitude of reasons. One is social emotional growth. This is where kids learn to navigate, to make decisions, learn how to bargain, <laughs> learn how to get along with others, learn how to empathize. These are things that don't take place in the classroom. And if they do, it's probably more scripted than anything else. If you look at the way that society has changed over the past 15 to 20 years, I know uh, I recall growing up, my parents would kick me out of the house on Saturday. I mean, not all the time, but I mean, they would kick me out <laughs> on the weekends, you know, Saturday mornings, I'm out of the house at nine o'clock and I wouldn't get back until, you know, eight o'clock at night. And those were times where you were with your friends and you were outside all the time. And you and established had, your social skills. That's right. How you got that's along right. with the group. It's true. And it, how it really you got did. along with the tribe. It's the tribe and it's mixed age levels yeah. as well. You know, so, you know, you may be nine, but you're hanging out with 12 and 13 year olds. And you, you learn, know, you uh, learn which one of those you want to emulate later in life. That's right. Which ones were wrong. You know, this goes to what was it? The Outsiders? Soda Boy? Yeah, this goes right. to all of those original things. The that's term right. you used, I love, and I've read it numerous times and I use it myself, is free range. Yes. And I don't know if you saw recently, some parents were arrested for letting their children walk home from school. That's right. And they just reinstated a law in Utah saying it's okay if you let your kid walk home from school. And it's, it's true. It's bizarre. I mean, I it's was a it. walker and, and we would walk through lots and it's such a capturing in of these kids and their minds and their state that I, I cannot believe it's not doing some damage. Well, let me, let me start with, with this. Let me, let me segue into peas first, and then I can certainly cite some research from Dr. Peter Gray, sure. who's actually working with us uh, as a school district. He's from Boston College, and he has a, a lot more famous TED Talk than I do. Um, his TED Talk is, for me, is Ken Robinson, and then there's Peter <laughs> Gray. Yes. Uh, and Ken Robinson's actually coming here in November, believe it or not. Uh, which okay. Is, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but how do I get those tickets? Uh, you just email me, and I'll make sure you have you have tickets. Um, we've Back been to very you. fortunate. Not to go off on a tangent, but I will say this. Ken Robinson um, has taken a liking to what we're doing here. Um, he's been actually... In, in some ways, promoting what we've been doing, um, which I can't believe. I mean, to me, there's the Holy Trinity, there's yeah, Posse Salberg yeah. and Robinson and Peter Gray. <laughs> and uh, you know what it is? And this is the crazy part. It, it all revolves around common sense. It all revolves around, around <laughs> things that we knew to know were tried and true mm -hmm. that had been removed. Um, you know, his focus, of course, is on creativity. Peter's is on, on, uh, on the importance of... Um, on play and, and more importantly, self-directed play. And what we're doing here in the, in the school district yeah. is trying to take both those things and frame them out through a K through 12 experience. And that's where PEAS actually comes into play. Right no pun intended. Yeah. Um, PEAS stands for uh, physical, emotional, academic, and social. And I will use growth. And I think the most important part of that, if you use it as a formula, you know, um, if you have all those things in equal proportions and there's no hierarchy as far as which one is more important, we believe here in this school district, I certainly do subscribe to this, uh, you will really make sure that you uh, have uh, human potential at its highest form. Because that's ultimately 
the purpose of school is to figure out, you know, not only to understand yourself as a person, but to understand the world around you and, and what you can do to give back to it and to, and to live, you know, successfully. And um, so we, with Pease, we have lots of opportunities where we just don't focus on academic growth, or that is what, what gets us up in the morning. Most notably, um, you know, I look at the Trivial Pursuit wedge, right? You know, you have that pie when you used to play Trivial Pursuit, and there's six different, you know, components to it. And if I was to liken that to a school district, usually they only focus on two pieces. You know, it's ELA and math, sure. language arts and math. And for us, there's a whole bunch of other things that, that come into account. And uh, we fill up those other four wedges as far as we're concerned, because that is what makes a holistic experience, I think, uh, worthwhile. And, and the funny thing is, and the research certainly backs this up, if you focus on physical, emotional and social growth, you know, you will find the byproduct of that is that you will see an inflation in cognitive yeah. ability and academic performance. And that's what I was going to, I didn't want to interrupt you, but that's exactly what I was going to say. Taking one of these pieces out could throw up the, throw up the entire balance. But the P, the E, and the S definitely reinforce and, and underpin the academic. It does. It does. And, and um, you know, the, the thing that I think sticks in my craw the most, and I've said this many times, is when you look at a Waldorf education, if you look at a Montessori education or other systems outside of a public school as far as what they do, and you look at how successful these children are when they go through this system. You know, in Waldorf schools, they don't introduce reading per se until third grade, which is almost sacrilegious in a yeah. public school. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, if a kid's not college and career ready by middle of kindergarten, you know, we're going to throw them <laughs> in special education. And, you know, this whole notion of kids need to be at certain levels at certain times. And if they're not, there's something wrong with them. That, that really, really needs to change. Coupled with the fact we are producing a lot of convergent thinkers as opposed to divergent thinkers. Yeah. And I think the best example is of that is convergent thinking, as you know, is, you know, here's one problem, there's one solution. That, to me, is the quintessential assessment for that is the multiple choice test, you know, otherwise known as a state assessment. You, you have divergent thinking, and this is where the seeds of creativity come into play. And there's a lot of research on this where, you know, again, there's one problem, multiple ways to attack that problem. And that's real life in and many ways. That's ancient Socratic thinking. That's it is, but it's been stripped away yeah. all in the name of test prep and in your level, it, absolutely in the K to twelve level, level, correct? No, and I'm not even challenging that it's not in college. It it is in college. It is absolutely. And one of the uh, I don't want to jump too far ahead here, but one of the points uh, you're with Bill Moser, who's my producer for this lovely podcast, and he came up with a term that I adore now. It's called Professor Google, and uh, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Because and there's a reason I bring it up, and I don't want to go too uh, far off target. But the way he labeled it beautifully, Professor Google, and I've been a tech technical person since the middle '80s, and I love my Google. But going from the point you just made right there, and the points you were making, the quickness to getting the answer has been drilled in these kids. That's right. And That's when you now take something as powerful as Google, put it in their hand, and now yep. slowly explain to them that we need to have a discussion to bring you to critical thinking, but I know the answer. Why am I listening to you? Such a great point. And, and I think what's also happening, <laughs> I love Professor Gould. Oh, I applauded Bill when he said it. <laughs> it, right is, it is so spot, spot on. And I think the, the other byproduct of the way things have been moving forward uh, is if you have risk-adverse young adults. 
and they feel like if they're failing at something, um, then they stop. And we know clearly the best learning really takes place when you have to keep trying over and over again. Yes. And, and that's really been, um, unfortunately, that's been um, really woven throughout the K through 12 system as well as, you know, we don't provide enough opportunities for kids to fail and then for them to deal with that and to understand that failure is not a dirty word and you're not a loser for life if mm-hmm. you don't do something well the first time or even the second, third or fifth time. Um, and and so, with, you that, know, with being anyway. lost in there, Michael, is curiosity. Oh, gosh. And curiosity gives a learner. And curiosity makes you walk around and says, wait, 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 that goes to that? Then this goes to this? I just established some form of critical thinking. I'm recognizing patterns. I'm building my brain. That's right. And Professor Google, (laughs) he'll better trademark (laughs) that. (laughs) (laughs) Professor Google is there too quickly. You know, we had Mary, Mary Poppins in the 60s. I'm looking at a movie here, Professor Google. Where that every answer you need is at the end of Alexa. But I think the loss of curiosity. You go to or Einstein. Boredom. Yeah. Or boredom. We don't allow kids No, we don't allow be. boredom. Yes. No. It's a, it's a dirty word. And, <laughs> and people feel that it's a waste of time to be bored, which is a real sin. It, it, it really, really, it's, um, it's really boggled my mind. So, you know, when... When a, a system pushes back against these sort of mm-hmm. notions that mm-hmm. the way we're going really isn't in the best interest of kids, I mean, I'm not saying all of it, but I mean, but, no, of but some not. of it, you know, you're almost you almost wear a scarlet letter if you say anything against the grain uh, in regard to the way we've been moving along well, since uh, I will well, say 2001. Yeah, well, there's another point. I think we'll, we'll discuss that later. CDC reports yes. on effects of this on children's brains and yep. also Larry Rosen I don't know if you read him uh, talking about how plaque from cortisol from this constant fear of missing out mentality Ugh. and how this is creating anxiety in this young generation yep. and how you know cortisol fight or flight right That's and right. this is becoming uh, in their veins and in their systems and acquiring plaque they're actually being damaged from this anxiety at an early, very, very early age. And this is what I'm talking about is, please don't take this wrong, kind of the S and P's, but it's actually an antisocial structure. Yes. And what I'm talking about is online, of course. And, of course. Uh, it's this two-edged sword, the cause and effect. I have a, I have a colleague here who has an exceptionally wonderful uh, term for it is digital diet. And she's a, a devotee of Sherry Turkle. Okay. And this concept of how do we not negate something so necessary as really Professor Google and not make it as a joke, but, you know, obviously the world's knowledge at, at people's fingertips. Yep. How do we use this properly and how do we make this really work? So we, we go from curiosity, from unstructured play, from all the things they should be starting with at this, yeah. this early age. Now we could beautifully introduce them to a modern day uh, Alexandria, right? The library. And, and how do we not, how do we stop them from abusing it? It's, that's probably the million dollar question. I think the best approach, like most things in life, is through balance. Yeah. You know, when, when, whenever we go to the extremes or start moving toward the extremes, is when that's, listen, that's within our sub systems in our 
human body, right, with all yeah. the different systems we have or anything else, you know, the more extreme we go, I think uh, clearly the more unhealthy it is. And that's why, because you can't, and I really believe this, you know, you can't negate technology because yeah. you have mm-hmm. children who or adults would be a significant, it would be a disservice to them. And so for us here from a technology standpoint or anything else is it's in moderation. It's to learn how to not overly rely on it and most importantly to use it as a tool and to not become addicted to it. Here's a point a good friend of mine from here made who is a computer science professor. And I love this gentleman. He said the generations of now 40, 50, and 60-year-olds yeah. abdicated technology to the younger generation. Mm. They went too far away from it, turned it over mm. to them, and said, okay, I'm going to let you loose in Costco. Let's see if you can make proper meals. And they didn't, <laughs> right? You have a four-year-old eating fruit roll-ups 12 times a day. That's you know, right. we, we like to call that Instagram. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The nutritional I value do. is not there. And now you have the recanting by Tristan Harris, Sean Parker, Mark Zuckerberg. I don't think he'll ever recant because he's secretly a robot. That's uh, right. Of these people saying, we're really sorry. We built something. And they kind of knew what it was going to do. Oh, they did. They did. Mark knew. Tristan Harris got in on the, the wrong bus and tried to get off pretty quick, but he Mm-hmm. He didn't forego the IPO, but these guys really realize what they built and how dangerous it is now. There, without a doubt. I mean, one of my, I guess one of the people that I really look up to is Steve Jobs mm-hmm. uh, in many ways. Uh, not the way he treated people, nope. um, <laughs> but certainly in, in terms of big ideas, and moving something forward. But, and I don't know if this is true, but I read this so many times that I'm led to believe yeah. it may be true. That with all his products, he wouldn't allow his children to use it. Because yeah, that usually it. makes one nervous, doesn't it, Mike? <laughs> right? <laughs> no, the cheese is fine. God, uh, stay away. <laughs> but and, and, he and, used and, the word seduced yeah. over and over and over in mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how many presentations. Yeah. I mean, I was born in 56. He was born in 55. And I started in 86 with, my, with systems, and I got introduced to who he was around then. And my son texted me the day he passed because he knew how much it would mean to me. So, yes, yeah. I've been living there for many, many, many years. Wow. However, using the word seduced mm-hmm. made my antenna go up and say he knows exactly what he's doing. No doubt. So, they're, so they're, do these no- guys, right? Yeah. And, and so you, you think about that and you think about the implications that we have, mm-hmm. which leads me to the children that we're serving within our school system. And you know, Peter Gray cites lots of research that this generation of kids, unfortunately, they're the most anxious, the more depressed, the most depressed and the most suicidal than any generation before. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of reasons why possibly, mm-hmm. you know, as far as why that is. He infers technology has something mm-hmm. to do with it. And then the other component is the stripping away of self-directed play. Yes. Because as you talked about, you know, uh, having something in, an, in a nutritious way as far as instead of an empty calorie way, it's the same thing with different types of play activities that are out there. 
You know, so if yeah. it's a if it's a adult directed, and I think you can see this when you look at the ball fields now, right? Everything you have kids who are in after school football, baseball, lacrosse. They're traveling to sixteen different continents, <laughs> even though there's only <laughs> x amount. They to go to you know tri-state, and they're only five years old. Seven-year-olds need passports. What is going on? Hold on one second. Michael, hold on one second. I just want to reintroduce you because we've been talking for a long time now. And I need to say again, today I'm talking to Dr. Michael Hines, superintendent of Patchogue Medford School District, uh, proponent of what he calls PEAS, P-E-A-S, Physical, Emotional, Academic, and Social Growth of Children in the K-12 Structure. I really do. I, the reason why we were able, and I was, uh, you know, kind of saw what you said many times on online and actually asked you to come talk to me, and I, I really do want to talk to you a lot more. The stress that's going on today. Yes. Is Now, here's one question for you. Do you think a lot of this comes, and as you said, unstructured play, we, I like to call it free range, like you said. Yes. I think. yes. Free range is the perfect term for this. It is. Uh, unstructured play, you probably have to use when writing the papers. Free range is when you're probably talking to parents would be the best way to explain it. But the economic stress on families today, especially on Long Island. Yes. And I I will never not believe that this wasn't part and parcel of a new economic growth pattern. When I did my research on houses in Levittown in 1950, how little they cost in comparison to salary and in comparison to population, right? Population's only gone up three and a half times. Salary has gone up 11 times. The price of that house has gone up 50 plus times. Oh my goodness. And that pulls the second parent, male or female, whatever, out of the house. Yep. So that unstructured play is almost dangerous in parents' eyes. Where are they at any time of the day? I need to know because I can't be there. Yep. And that's, I think, a, a part of this overall thing. I, I would agree. And I think Lenore Skenazy, um, who actually wrote the book Free Range Kids, um, <laughs> really so focuses in on the fact that the byproduct of that is we have helicopter parents who won't let their kids out of a bubble. And From fear. They, fear of them getting hurt because they are not watching them. That's right. And and what she postulates, and I truly believe it's accurate, is that we live in a society that's the the safest that it's ever been, even though the news purports something that's totally different, you know. Um, And and so that's why when you go to the ball fields or the parks, if you go to the ball fields, you see everything is organized with 75 adults around. So there's no more Sandlot. There's no movie The Sandlot anymore. Ah, And that... Let me tell you, I, I, I just I love that movie to death yeah. or even Stand By Me where yeah, kids absolutely. are just walking around and, and just, you know, and, and just being and, and they're being kids or building forts or something where they're not under the direct thumb and, of adults because that's when they grow the most. And, that's and when that they does come learn. from fear of the adults, fear yeah. of the adults having a fear of and this, you know, I love my child. I don't want anything to happen to my child because I had to do this. And that's where I think the guilt and fear come from, myself. I would agree. And then, unfortunately, what we see because of technology is that we have parents who text kids 25 times a day oh, yes. in school. You know, mm-hmm. instead of back in the day, you had the landline and, um, and parents only, you know, they never called. The three points I like 
that I presented, and I want to see your opinion on it, is the three things that have affected this, this generation is the marketplace manipulation, specifically of housing prices, mm -hmm. the abusive use of technology, yep. not so much by the kids, but in the creation of that technology by the uh, Mark Zuckerbergs, the Sean Parkers, the Tristan Harris, and now the lack of governance. Yeah. This little show that was brought in where the robot actually drank coffee. Yes. You know, I, I, I love Zuckerberg, but he realistically stole the idea from, from the twin boys, Marvin Clark. But this lack of governance and this reversal of net neutrality. Sure. Because now we'll never have another startup. Yeah. Because Good point. you got to pay for that bandwidth. Yeah. Same price as Amazon. Sure. You're not going to have that. Good luck. Yeah. So my thing is this fear of technology that we're getting, and that's much fear, but you know, being very aware of it, it's kind of now putting the brakes on innovation, right? Yes. And it's being used wrong, and it's being used as a babysitting service in many cases. Oh, I would agree. And my little uh, GRE equation is GTA is to game design as Mark Zuckerberg is to online community. Oh, that's a good one. Okay, because uh, gaming is a wonderful thing. Sure. But look at what's popular. Yes. And online is a wonderful thing, but look at what they're doing. That's right. So this abdication of technology by our age group has caused a problem. Now, I'm, I don't want to go too far away from you and your original point, but if, if we're looking at free range, we're looking at letting these kids experiment. These kids, and I hate this term, digital natives, but it's kind of true. I call them Gen I, Generation Interactive, Isolated, Itinerant, and on and on. Wow. Yeah, because if you take a look at it, you're going to see that, you know, it's not an age thing. It's whether or not you get it. But gamification of education. Yeah. Horrible term, but have you ever played Minecraft? Uh, my son has. I've never played per se. It's close to free-range gaming. Really? Yeah, that you can build anything you want. It's digital Legos. Oh, interesting. Okay. All right. And my love is that uh, Minecraft, after it was purchased by Microsoft, re-released Oregon Trail. Oh, gosh. Exactly. Wow. As a Minecraft-built platform game. Oh, wow. So now you take the trips. You have to do things. Uh-huh. I mean, this to me, it's the spoonful of sugar. Sure. That possibly could work. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, you know so there's hope? There, 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 there is some... a little hope, right. Absolutely that. But let's see how well it sells. Well, Geico just did a commercial with, <laughs> with Oregon Trail, too. So maybe there's, yes. A, yes, there's a theme that's a, going yes. here. And don't think any of these things happen by chance, Dr. Hines. Exactly. These I, things I are all prepped more. to keep pushing. Well, that's interesting. You know, I never thought it from the uh, thought about what you're talking about from the perspectives you just you just brought up. So I, I need to I need to really chew on that for a little bit. Um, it's interesting. Oh, yeah, it, it is because you know it, sometimes when you when you're in the space of education, yeah, you're getting hit by twelve sides. Yeah, <laughs> and, but we're all we're also myopic. Yeah, where, that's what I really mean. You're focused on yeah. you know you're focused on getting out alive that day, so to speak, or that, you're focused on taking care of those kids and making sure everything's right. And, you, and you those, can't I plan what, forward. Yeah, you're posing something um, I, that I really, I don't think many 
I will say educators or superintendents really think about nearly enough. So I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I just know that when I watch Zuckerberg before Congress, right, man. oh my gosh, I mean, and listen, I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, <laughs> except him. Well, that truly, you know, Colbert said it best, and I, I love Stephen Colbert. He said, uh, they called him to the Hill. Something happened where he actually had to go to the Hill and testify. But he thought it was going to be he could joke around when he got to the Hill. Not <laughs> happening. He was on his show. He <laughs> said, I don't want to ever see those people again. <laughs> there is no doubt. Yeah, so. And rightfully so. And I look at Zuckerberg. Yes, rightfully so. you got to be afraid of somebody. This, is, this has been excellent. This has been great. I have looked forward to speaking to you forever. Uh, we have hit upon the need the absolute necessity for unstructured play as part of a holistic approach to education. We have talked about what we like to call free range. And Dr. Oh. Hines, jump in any time here. Is there something I've left out? Uh, no, I, I would say uh, on top of that is to have a balanced approach when it comes to embracing technology yeah. and, and not only focusing on academics, but the physical, emotional, social growth of and uh, school experience that, that needs to move forward. Say the gamification of education. I really do hate that term, but it, it's a good thing. Yeah. One of the other quick things before we leave is future of education. And I'm going to link it to digital. And the reason I'm going to link it to digital is we still have to be competitive. Yes. You know, we had, uh, what do they call those things? The uh, rector sets when we were kids. Where oh, yeah. We had things that subtly, subtly trained you. For possible careers, right? And we don't always have to talk college. That's right. Okay, my father mixed cement and carried it up a ladder. He owned two homes, paid for both our colleges, my sister and I, and put us in a. We never, if you took one look at me and my uh, confirmation photo, you'll see <laughs> I didn't miss too many meals, Michael. So everything was good growing up. Wow. How did this man who went to third grade do this? That's amazing. And I'm just saying there are many of them, right? Not just oh. my father. There's a whole island of them here. Without a doubt. So it's not a bad thing. College isn't for everyone. You have to nope. learn where you fit. But I think it's the concept of thought that we're both going at. I would say so. I think the narrative, unfortunately, though, with many of our schools, and I will say more, more specifically Long Island schools, yeah. is that we are led to believe if kids don't go to college, the school is a failure, the parents are a failure, and most important, the kids are a failure. And I know Mike Rowe would totally disagree mm -hmm. with this, as do I. If children, when they leave and they exit our system after 13 years, if they want to go to the military, they want to go to the trades, they want to go to college, that's up to them. But they shouldn't feel bad about themselves if they choose to be a plumber or a carpenter or to go serve their country. In some ways, our schools need to change the way that we talk to kids about that experience. Mm -hmm. Dr. Hines, I thank you for your time as you have given me today. Is there any links that we can talk about for you? For me? Um, some access to information. Well, if you... If you go on YouTube, it's probably, I, I have a YouTube channel. There you um, go. It's it's under Michael. It's under Michael Hines, H Y N E S, and I have some videos on there. I think my, my actually my TED talks on there. Yep. I have two brainwaves videos on there, and then I have this other video about recess and the importance of, of play. So and a whole host of other things when I talk about state testing, which is a whole nother conversation. Yeah, 
Um, so if, if you, anybody who's, uh, who needs a sedative and needs to fall asleep at night, they can certainly watch some of these videos and it'll, it'll help with that process. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I just want to thank you tremendously. And this show will be uploaded soon to WCWP podcasts on iTunes and Google Play. And I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to doing many more of these. And I'm looking forward to seeing you and meeting Sir Ken Robinson. I'll just throw that one last time. Yes. <laughs> I'm well, sure listen, I can buy a ticket, right? Here's a, Joe, here's a Joe Namath guarantee. You will have a ticket. To no, I don't know. I don't want to put you in that spot, Mike. But I do. I, I'm very happy to see. Like, I really do admire you. I admire what you've done in your life. I've listened to your story. I see where you are in life. And to have so many things similar in our, in our speech, thought, and what we really believe is critical is is truly a pleasure for me to well, say that, this gentleman been, right here is is thinking the same way I am. How bad could I be? I don't know, but I have to say <laughs> this, is, this has been painless, and um, it's always nice to talk to or speak with like-minded people. And yeah. and hopefully, I'll have the opportunity to speak with you again. I hope so too. Thank you, sir. Have a good weekend, day, right. week, whenever it comes up next. Enjoy yourself, Michael. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Bye. Like what you hear? Here's how you can let us know. Give us a call at 516-299-2626 or email us at info at wcwp.org. Like us at facebook.com slash mywcwp and leave a comment or tweet us at mywcwp. We welcome all kinds of feedback. To directly support the podcast you just enjoyed, leave a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to give back, visit wcwp.org and click the support tab. Thanks for listening from your friends at WCWP.